Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there. My name is Graham Hanlon and welcome to the Face Radio's newest edition. This is Searching for Soul. I first came across soul music through modernism, through mod. And ever since then, I've been absolutely addicted. And I would love it for the next two hours if you would join me as I continue my search. My search is taking me from jazz in Soho to Britpop in Manchester and through everything in between. We have a wide selection of tracks for you that will be coming from what I've been buying um, or what is currently in my vinyl selection and will also be joined by Mr. Danny Toman and have some of Danny's new music as well. But right now, let's kick it off with the godfather of himself, Mr. James Brown. Thank you. 
Shane Brown kicking us off. So like I said at the top, the music that will be played comes mostly from my vinyl collection and it's what I'm what I'm buying at the moment, what I discover and as as I buy it, as I discover it, or if it's new music, uh, I'm, I want to share it with you, I want to take you on my, my journey. So last Sunday, Sunday the 18th, I was in London to put on an event with Mr Tom Hoy of Go Go Power. Simon Parr of Heritage Brands and uh, Andrew Lindsay, Mod Shoes, Jake Wiggum of Jake's, Jake is a, a tailor, makes shirts, and my good friend Mr Mark Brown. And we put on a little event, we called it Dig This, and it was in Map Studios in Kentish Town, and we had an absolutely fantastic time. The next day, uh, Mark and I found ourselves in a deserted Soho, and there was only one thing for it, we had to go record shopping. So the next, the next kind of prickle of records that you're going to hear is all seven inches that I picked up in and around Soho. And to kick us off, we have Sarah James and the Soul Babies and this is a track titled Taking Care of Business. was on Rampart and that was in my opinion one of the, the finds of the bunch. It was only six quid and it was so good that I decided that the next track I'm going to play is going to be the flip to it 
and this is a track titled Big Daddy. Ooh, Big Daddy. What's the word? two tracks here. I think that will be going in my box for the next live set. Very groovy. Um, unfortunately, like any time you go record shopping and you're, um, you just take a punt or take a chance on something, you do come up with a few stinkers and I absolutely love Edwin Starr. It's purely because it tracks now like Time, Running Back and Forth, SOS, all the great Northern Soul classics and came across a white cover and it says Edwin Starr through the grapevine and I thought I'm not I'm not even going to Spotify this track to see to see what it sounds like I'm just going to pick it up and I'm going to take it because it's Edwin Starr it will be great this version was uh, released in 1986 so the year I was born and it is very 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 80s and although the vocal undoubtedly is fantastic fantastic and out of this world from Edwin Starr the the accompaniment musically just wasn't <laughs> unfortunately just wasn't for me but you know at three quid it was definitely worth the bargain but the next two the next two are in my opinion great finds great finds because again it just shows the absolute standard of labels and artists labels like Motown and artists 
our writers like Curtis Mayfield. So we've got a, a wee back-to-back -back here. We're going to play The Temptations and we're going to play The Impressions. Like the birds in the trees My heart sings a rhapsody Of love for you Girl, you warm my heart The very first time I laid eyes on you I know your love, your love Belongs to someone else to have you for myself, myself. keep on trying, oh baby not till I win your love, girl I'm gonna keep on trying, oh baby not till I win your love.
join me, which I do appreciate. What do you think if you're in the States? I'd imagine East East Coast you're travelling home from work or sitting down to your, your dinner, depending on what point of the, the evening we're at. And if you're on the West Coast, I would imagine it is breakfast time. That's actually still baffles me the fact that this could be going out across the world to so many people listening at one point in time but doing so many different activities. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. And you know, while we're talking about cool stuff, this is a very cool opportunity that has been been given to me. And I'm I'm very thankful to everybody at the the Face Radio, um, and particularly obviously Curtis, who I have came to came to know in the last couple of well over a year now, uh, and fellow DJs, people like like Tim Spurrier, people like Brendan Farrell, and not to forget. My main man over in Belfast, Mr. Pete Brady. Thank you all for all your all your advice and your tips, telling me to remember speak very slowly and try not to swear. Watch which for a Glaswegian is a hard hard task, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's be, let's face it here. We use swear words like like commas, so this is a uh, the, the struggle is real. But we're going to keep going with some some banging tracks and the next track is is also part of the the Soho Hall and this is Peggy Scott and Joe Benson and this is a a track titled Soul Shake. Baby, really time to fall 
definitely is a, a toe tapper there. Um, I don't know if I'd quite class it sole though. It was in the sole bucket, the sole bin in Sounds of the Universe, and another one which was in the sole bin, Sounds of the Universe, is an extract. And like millions of other people, uh, I watched Get Back, watched the Beatles documentary or the Beatles film, sorry, um, and was kind of first made aware of Billy Preston. And as soon as I seen his name, I thought I'm not even going to Spotify this. It's just going right in the bag. It was literally like three or four pounds, so that had to um, had to go in the bag. And afterwards, Mark and I went for a, a quick libation in one of Soho's fine establishments. And I was having a quick look through what I'd picked up in Sounds of the Universe, and it says instrumental on it. And I was like, I cannot wait to get home and put this on, hoping it was going to be a really cool bit of Hammond groove or piano organ and. Uh, I wasn't disappointed, so I'll let you make up your own mind on this one. meeting sorry soul meeting so this is i suppose this is a bit of a, a soul meeting and for anybody who's stayed up in the uk and you're in the chat say hello and if i'm not watching the back of my eyelid yet i'll say hello back 
uh, likewise for anybody who is stateside or down under or even in Japan I hear where my friend Pete Brady has quite a big listenership in, in Japan which I think is absolutely amazing um, the language barrier for a start now Guy for Belfast great uh, but that last track I'm going to put that out to my man Andrew Lindsay from Mod Shoes in 66 Cloven Andrew's very kindly the, uh, offered to sponsor the show to help us get a bit more kind of bit publicity get it out there you know get the searching for soul name out there and and he's a keen organist himself I think that's correct terminology um, there was a old Hammond in the back of the back of map um, when we'd done the big this event and he was right on right over giving it a giving it a tinkle so that one's for you mate the the last of the um, the Soho Hall is from a band called Moving Violation I think that's the name of it I'm looking here and yeah it's a very very strange name for for a band considering the sound of the next record it, it's it's called Spinning Top and it's just that really old school uplifting feel good soul track um, yeah so here it is enjoy <laughs> say the the Soho Seven, oh, so the Soho Sevens Hall was quite successful. So it was, although there were quite a few clangers. But I do, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to those. And if you're enjoying, if you're enjoying listening to the Face Radio and this show, you can support the station by heading over to the website and that's the faceradio.com and you can support and subscribe and be a you can help out um, radio fees and stuff like that. It's all going through the roof, going up and going up and going up. So every every wee bit helps. So it does. Um, so moving on for sevens, 
I actually picked up a couple of interesting compilation albums this week. And I know people were saying, oh no, you can't you can't play compilation albums. Well, why not? <laughs> I can't get all these singles now, so compilation albums are a massive help. Um, one was Mod uh, Soho Soho 58, Soho Scene 58, Mod Does Jazz. And it was it was really cool and it was really interesting. And the next track that I'm going to play is from Mose Allison. And this track is titled Seventh Son. And I think it's an absolute masterpiece piece of jazz. Here it is. <laughs> Seven sun in the whole round world there is only one and I'm the one Yes I'm the one I'm the one I'm the one the one they call the seven sun I can tell your future it will come to pass I can do things for you make your heart feel glass Look in the sky predict the rain I can tell when a woman's got another man I'm the one Yes, I'm the one I'm the one, I'm the one The one they call the seven sun Sweet. They will even make your little heart skip a beat I can heal the sick, raise the dead And make the little girls talk out of their head I'm the one Yes, I'm the one I'm the one, I'm the one The one they call the seven sun I'm the one, I'm the one The one they call the seven sun was picked up in mostly vinyl mickey and that's that's for anyone in glasgow or the surrounding area in fact anyone because he posts to um that's that's in glasgow and it's next to the bars in london road mostly vinyl mickey and he's got some great deals so one of the the genres of music that i've really found myself engrossed in lately and i never thought that i'd be saying this is jazz and I've always found it a wee bit interesting, stuff like John Coltrane and Miles Davis kind of things, like the the very popular things. But I have immersed myself in not only the music, but the style, Ivy League style. I recently bought a book titled Black Ivy, 
a revolt in style. I recommend anyone to go and read it. It is absolutely fascinating. But with with all that all that interest I've been I've been taking recently, I thought it'd be rude not to play Miles Davis because he is also on that compilation, and it was easy <laughs> just to queue up queue up as the next track. So here's Miles Davis with the masterpiece that is Milestones. <laughs> Thank you. 
Davis there and so yeah I am absolutely fascinated by all things jazz Ivy League style at the moment um, another great book that is, is it's recently been released as the desired article a concise look at style and that's by a guy called J.L. Disley I'm going to say and if I've pronounced that wrong I do do apologise um, but yeah that's, that's a great book it's um Looking at the kind of modernist take on not just Ivy League, but you know, just early modernist fashion, and it's it gives you so much information on where the not only where the clothes were manufactured, where they came from, um, it gives you like tips on what to wear them with. In fact, Simon Parr, um, who DJ'd with us at Dig This, done a, a, a couple of pictures on his social medias, and it was like pairings and putting clothes together and looks together. For anybody who may be interested in that, that kind of thing, go and check it out. It is really, really cool. So it is. Um, talking about things that is really cool. On Friday night, I went to see Duran Jones and the Indications. And it has been a long-anticipated gig waiting for it. And just watching the footage and videos that people have been putting up on, on social media. Um on Facebook and Instagram and like oh my god it looks so cool you're waiting for it and you're waiting for it and do you ever think that when you you get a band you don't want to see them right at the very start of the tour and you don't want to see them right at the very end because at the start they've not gonna they've not kind of hit their stride and they're not like warmed up so to speak sometimes at the end especially it's been a long tour it's like let's just get this over with but that wasn't the case. The Glasgow gig, as far as I'm, I believe, was the last gig of the, the UK tour, and they did not disappoint. They absolutely blew the roof off. But which, which was um, an even more pleasant surprise was the Support Act. It's an, a, a band that I've never heard of before, and they're called the Oracle Sisters. And I was just absolutely taken by them. Um, great fantastic melodies amazing harmonies I had a brief hello and picked up an LP after it got me signed it they were really lovely people 
and yeah, I just um the artwork on the LP is absolutely amazing. It's great stuff. It's really interesting. Uh, I, I highly recommend you go and check them out. So this is a track from their Paris One LP, and this is Dandelion. <laughs> Dandelion by Oracle Sisters. Um, great band, great sound, great artwork on the LP. Um, Paris 1, then flip it round, it's Paris 2. Um, 
yeah, really, really good. I highly recommend it. And any, I would assume that our American listeners have already have already heard of them. So, but yeah, it was a real, real treat to to listen to them um, and meet them and get a record off them on Friday. And obviously, that leads us very nicely into the headline act, which was, of course, Duran Jones and the indications. I was going to play something from the new album, but I thought myself, this is this is the first show, and it's about discoveries, it's about searching, and the f- I think this is possibly one of the first tracks that I heard by Duran Jones and Indications. Um, and it, the vocal on it is amazing. The lyrics, but the lyrics is what really draws me in. Um, yeah, and this is this is morning in America.
Hi, this is Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing. Smart shoes for smart people and inspired by legends. Enjoy listening to Searching for Soul with Graham Hallam on The Face Radio. From the soul of Brooklyn, you're listening to The Face Radio. On Sunday evening, if you found yourself in a tapping admiral in Kentish town, you may at some point thought you heard the the voice of David Lee Roth singing the words Worcestershire sauce. Well, you're halfway there. Someone was singing the words Worcestershire sauce. It wasn't David Lee Roth. It was actually the the most soulful, funkiest performer <laughs> uh, in all in all of East London. Um, it was Mr. Danny Toman. And that came about because a very uh, inebriated Scotsman, who shall rename, who shall remain nameless, was trying to say Worcestershire sauce in terms of a packet of crisps, or for anybody stateside, potato chips. And our our English hosts thought that was a rather amusing. So my friend Mark Brown, sticking up for his fellow Scotsman decided, well, do you know what, let's hear you sing it, and can you sing it in the style of David Lee Roth, and Danny very gladly obliged, ever been the performer, so what an amazing, what an amazing guy, um, I caught up with Danny for a, a wee interview a couple of weeks back, talking about his, his latest singles and what it's like being a musician at the moment, so yeah, this is how it went. My next guest describes himself as North London's funkiest showman. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Danny Tolman. Hi, thank you so much for having me on this show. Can't wait to get into some deep chat about soul music. <laughs> it's great to have you, Danny, and your um, your dulcet tones there. Um, well, Danny, for anyone who, who hasn't heard of you or hasn't heard your music, can you just tell us who you are and what it is you do? Well, who I am, I think I've said my name, but I'll say it again. Never hurts. My name is Danny Toman. I am from North London and I play soul music, funky soul music. Um, the kind of soul music which isn't look how sad I am and talk about my feelings, but the kind that says, let's have a good time. Let's move on through the bad times. Let's get up. Let's move on up. Let's feel good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice one. And you know what? There's there's plenty of reason to have 
music like that, <laughs> particularly at the at the moment. So in terms of your influence influences, sorry, what what was it that first got you interested in music? Or in particular, sorry, soul music? Well, it was a compilation CD I found lying around once back at the age of maybe six or seven, and it was called Blues Brother Soul Sister. And it had Wilson Pickett, Eddie Floyd, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, the Staple Singers, just uh, a whole mixed bag of the greats. Uh, it was mainly, I guess, Southern soul with, with elements of, of Northern soul in it. And it always stuck with me. It always sounded like how music should sound. And I've loved other genres and styles of music through my life, but uh, soul always seemed to be home for me. It was the kind of thing where I could put on a record from a band I'd never heard of that probably most people haven't heard of. You know, soul music fans love their rarities and find that it would, 99% of the time, I would love it more than anything else. It always just seemed to, to fit. Yeah, I, I love, it's, it seems to be such, such um, a commonality with soul music. When you say about rarities and hearing music that you've never heard, you can just put, put like you say, put something on and somebody says, oh, it's soul music, well, cool, get a bash. And you can just instantly fall in love with it. And I think that's like the great thing, particularly about like the Northern Soul movement, how it was, it was music that was deemed not good enough in the 60s. And yet, spawned this this whole new kind of uh, this whole new youth culture and this whole new movement i mean i've never been one of those guys who looks for the for the super exclusive uh never heard before record i mean i was using it as an example and i do figure that uh, in the northern soul movement there is a bit of that exclusivity going on um but i think it just comes it just comes down to the beat it comes down to the rhythm there is something there that's making you feel good that makes you want to move that makes you want to express yourself in some kind of way which is what i really love yeah and in terms of your your own music your own writing is is that something that you can say is definitely kind of permeated in your own writing oh absolutely but the problem is i always find it very difficult to figure out where the influence is coming from because i've mentioned southern soul and northern soul but i also absolutely love philadelphia soul you know, the OJs, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, that sort of precursor to disco as well. I've got a new single coming out, which I'd say is uh, very much influenced by the aforementioned groups. The name of the song is When the Lights Go Down. And um, sometimes it's, I feel that a lot of the soul music that's out there today, whoever's making it, they try and attach themselves to one particular angle, you know, some artists just go for a northern soul sound, some just go for a southern. I feel I've got all these different variants, shall we say, and definitely don't use that as a soundbite because it can be taken out of context horribly. Where it's hard to, I feel, that's what I call what I do, North London soul, because it's just everything that I've been influenced by. You know, a lot of funk, a lot of deep funk, uh, Latin, Latin American music, which, which I studied for a number of years. I feel that all these different things are happening at the same time. So it's hard to say, I want to fit into this box. You know, you can fit into that. I'm going to wear a silver suit and a skinny tie and I'm going to play early 1960s sort of Sam Cooke style soul, or I can puff my hair out and wear jewels and, and try and do like a James Brown kind of thing. 
I feel that's what's kind of happening at the moment. I want uh, it can to be honest, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a curse because um, where you go with your songs when you've got all these different influences going on can be quite tricky to to figure out how to finish it. A lot of unfinished music. Do you think sometimes when, particularly in discussion about music, people say, what genre music do you play? What are your influences? It's such such a loaded question because now so many genres bleed into each other. You know, so many different styles have influenced each other. Somebody was speaking, uh, sorry, I was speaking with someone recently about about their music and the lit. It's just the music that I love. It's the music that I write. It's how I feel at that particular time. Exactly. And that's really how it should be. And I actually feel like in the mainstream or the little bits that I hear of the mainstream, this does seem to be much more the case than on the UK soul scene, um, where each artist seems to be quite singularly focused. And I don't know if that's because that's what the radio wants to hear. The soul stations want to play something that has a very clear identity rather than more of a, a hodgepodge of styles. Like I've been told by some stations, oh, this is too one thing and others by this is not enough of another thing. Um, I guess it should really just be if it sounds good, but I understand, you know, there is, it is a niche market here in the UK. And so there are probably some very clearly defining factors that make it solve. But people do ask me, you know, oh, what do you do? And to be honest, because it is a loaded question, I'll usually try and give the simplest answer. I say, I do soul, bit of funk. But usually it's, if I don't want to carry on that conversation for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's, again, you you feel sometimes if you're speaking to somebody in terms of when you're trying to sell, I'm going to do the, the Dr. Evil inverted commas that nobody can see because this will be on Mitch Cloud rather than it'll be audio rather than video. But you mean you know, I did my hair for nothing? <laughs> no, I think you I, I think you look lovely, mate. I I, I I for one really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Where was I saying? I've I've been I've lost track now because of your magnificent Dr. hair. Evil air quotes. Yeah. Something about the Dr. Evil air quotes. When you're when you're trying to sell your mm. music you feel like you need to say, like, you need to justify your creative decisions and say, well, yeah, I do so in a bit of funk, but on this record, I put in this Latin vibe because it's something I've been listening. And you get torn into these big, long-winded explanations when really you just want to say, do you know what, just listen to it. Just listen. It's all kind of that. But also, people have their own ideas of what different genres are and what different sounds are. So like I was saying about soul music, we can both say we love soul music, but maybe love very different spectrums of the genre. Um, and then some people just mix up everything anyway um, and, and feel that some artists who you would never consider one thing to be part of that. Because we all have, you know, we're all human beings. We all have our own essentially limited scope of understanding of what's, what makes a genre, what is part of a genre, what is part of soul music, for instance. So, it's better to just leave it broad, leave leave it open. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it all depends. Your, I hate the, the kind of elitism within certain areas of music. If you don't know something, or you haven't heard it. You're like, mm-hmm. the, the 
the kind of are you serious look but i i, I was uh somebody was asking me about what music i'd be playing i'm uh, doing a, a kind of resident dj thing he says what are you playing i says oh it'll be so <laughs> bit of funk funny enough mm. and it's like they says oh so i love motown as if motown is exclusively soul music well i personally consider motown a bit of a genre and onto its own but that is that was just their their um perception of soul music is just motown that for them is soul but then think about motown and think about the difference between say please mr postman uh, and then cloud nine or or what's going on versus heatwave you know mm -hmm. within itself it's such a broad i mean unless you want to get down to the brass tacks of oh i can hear the tape machine, how the tape machine sounds and, and the snare sound on, on this, on all these records is what defines them. I mean, it's so broad that it's, it's maybe a fool's game to try and sort of categorize everything unless you're sort of a musicologist, you know, doing a PhD study. Yeah, I know. But for us mere mortals, it's just what sounds good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, talk what about feels good. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Music for me is, like says, what makes you feel good? All music is a motive, whether it's modal jazz, whether it's soul, whether it's heavy motor, heavy metal, now funk, Britpop, whatever it is you're listening to, it's going to make you feel something. Now, it might be happy, it might be sad, it might be utter disdain because you don't like <laughs> the style mm. of music. But yeah, music that makes you, makes you feel good and music that actually physically makes you move, for me, is always a winner. Absolutely. And also, it depends on what people get out of music. I've never been a big fan of lyrics, as in I, I, a genre which is very heavy on the lyrics, like telling a story. I, I, my concentration span is, is basically nothing. And so I find it very difficult to follow some kind of story happening in a song. So a lot of those types of music and styles have always kind of been lost in me. For me, it's pure, it's, it is purely just a the overall sound and the feeling and the rhythm is what works for me. So that kind of leads me on very nicely to let's talk about like your writing. Because obviously you've mentioned some new music. Um, obviously there's previous music out there. When you sit down to write a track as uh, <laughs> the lyrics first, and obviously you have just says you're no massive on lyrics, but is it like, right, I need to get a hook or is it I'm just going to write an instrumental and see what pops into my head? I will, I feel it's more the latter of what you're saying. I feel the best songs I've ever written have always been ones where I'm playing an instrument and just singing random things at the same time, trying to come up with a groove on, on the guitar or the piano, which is what I, the two instruments I mainly write on and try and see what comes up. I don't know if you've seen uh, the Peter Jackson documentary, Get Back, mm -hmm. that came out on a Disney Plus last year. And there's that one scene in it where the, the caption reads, knowing they're going to need to record a single soon, Paul McCartney starts working on what will become the Beatles' next single. And he's just there playing an A on his bass and just kind of coming up with random mel uh, melodies. And then suddenly he comes up with Get Back and, and it's an incredible scene because we're seeing sort of peak creativity come out of thin air. I've always found that the songs that I've come up with that way have always been the ones that have... Uh, been the most popular on stage, being the ones that I've enjoyed singing the most, I've always felt the most natural. On other occasions, sometimes you do have to sit down and put your nose to the grindstone and, and sort of force things out just because 
you know, you need to have songs. You need to get the work done. The really interesting part of that interview there is when Danny says, this is what music should sound like. I think that's a great line, and it's it's so true. But why don't we listen to some of the man's music? This is Danny Toman with Feel My Soul. I saw your picture this morning And all I could do was sigh mm. A smile on your face In a loving embrace with you 
man what a voice and really great lyrics really heartfelt lyrics uh something that i think a lot of people can connect with but all i can hear is worcestershire sauce i can't unhear it now um yeah talented guy we we spoke a bit more so let's go back we're going to go back to conversation and danny's telling us about uh how how he goes about his songwriting process you know, I had an uncle who was in the songwriting business, a great uncle in the songwriting business. And when I was, I think, 13 or 14, I was asking for his advice. And he said, it's 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. And I would say that it's very, very true when you've got to get the job done. <clears throat> Pardon me. You see, I actually have a day job, which is writing songs for... Uh, special occasions so people order songs through this website I work for and they might choose me as an artist and ironically the genre that I get chosen to do most songs in is country music which is you know a real storytelling kind of genre and we're given the information that we need to include in the song it might be for someone's birthday or an anniversary those are usually the case and it's oh you need to mention our four dogs uh, the lake where we met uh, and their favorite food is this. And then it's, you've got to craft it. And we get three days to write, record, and produce the whole thing. Somehow, in those scenarios, I, I can do all those songs in, in one or two days. The whole thing, I guess it's because it's not my impetus. It's not something that I have the need to say or express. And so you can take a step back from it and, and sit from the outside and put it together in that way, which is why, you know, so I've done about 50 of those in the last year which I'm quite impressed about because meanwhile, my own material is, is sort of getting a bit neglected, sitting on the shelf, waiting for me to sort of put that same, let's get this done mentality. Yeah, I, I find that, so I'm a guitarist and I've always written um, in every kind of band that I've been in, projects and stuff. And during lockdown, I decided that I was going to just put stuff together just purely for, for myself. I was like, I'm going to write this stuff. I'm going to keep it. And when everybody's now allowed back out into the, the, the wider world, I'm going to record these just for myself. And we recorded them and put the singles out and played some gigs. And for a full year, I've, I've barely put pen to paper writing another song. But I've done work for other people. For, for songwriters now oh, finish nice. their kind of stuff off and then you, you sit there and you go how why am I finding it so hard to complete something of my own and I think like you say it's that emotional attachment exactly exactly there's I guess there's, there's a certain amount of fear um, and there's always that famous expression you know when it comes to art you've got to kill your babies which is such a brutal thing to say but it's very very true at some point you have to let go and do what's right for the music, not for your own ego or your feelings on, on the matter. But also, given the state of the music industry right now, if you're not, and even 
if you are in those kind of upper echelons of it, being creative is, is such a small part of it now. It's all the promoting and content making and making sure you're beating the algorithms on social media to the point where it feels a bit self-indulgent to just sit down with pen and paper and a guitar and say, okay, we're going to do, do the real business here because it's all the other business that seems to get in the way. Like I never figured that I would become a video editor, but I have very, very, I would say I have quite good video editing skills now. And it's not because I want to be a video editor. It's just rather than having to pay someone to edit videos to put onto TikTok and Instagram, I do it myself. And it's something I've had to learn how to do the same with making graphic design. That, that was never part of the job description for being a musician when I was growing up, but it, it gets in the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, even this, this podcast was, was born out of necessity to learn new skills way back when, before I started it. And I enjoyed, enjoyed it and I obviously took it in. And as well as, as things like recording, using different um, audio interface, now different recording techniques, no, this was all stuff that had to be to be learned during COVID. Um, and like you said, not to mention the whole social media aspect mm. now it is such a massive, massive part of it. And the, the group that I play in, we are not at the level of putting out tangible vinyl singles or, or touring. I mean, I've, I've, no, I've no doubt if we pushed ourselves to go and do tours, if we wanted to do that kind of stuff, we could go and put together a tour. But again, it's just the work that's involved. Um, but how, what is your feelings, what's your thoughts on social media now within the music industry? Well, I feel it can be very, very helpful, obviously. Um, but it's for what I do, and the way the social media works for me is very much opposite. Of, of how it should work. So I like to post things on Instagram. I feel that very little of what I post on Instagram is actually relevant and it gets to the right people. It actually seems that more of my audience is on Facebook and Facebook has been sort of becoming less and less popular over the years and less and less engaging with audiences. But for the, for the people who like my music, they seem to love Facebook. I also have a mailing list for many, many years. I would play gigs and after the show I would run around with a clipboard making sure I got people's email addresses just because I was told to do this sort of early in my career. And now mailing lists have become a thing that everyone said you want direct contact with your audience and you can do that via, via an email. And that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, I'm not gonna say how many years, but it works. It works more than a post on, you know, for instance, if you look at Instagram, everything, they're trying to turn into TikTok right now. So nice, photos are not getting the reach that quickie videos that you make on your phone are going to get and now all videos on instagram are also those uh, vertical ones so you can't do a nice wide screen as well so if you have any if you've been working with a cinematographer and a videographer you know that counts for nothing now because you're only going to get a fraction of the screen um so it doesn't really help i feel the boundaries and the goalposts are always changing when it comes to social media i mean do you remember remember myspace yeah I mean, I'm not saying we should bring back MySpace or anything, but that just seems to be, you put your music on, people somehow find it, and then you hire a bot farm to, to give you 10,000 followers and you get a record deal. Those were the days. <laughs> uh, the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. 
Um, but, but like you say, it's like talking about um things like Instagram and stuff. Like everything's everything's compressed into ten seconds. So you write a track, you you go, ah, wow, man, I've got this really banging intro, or I've got a belter a hook. A belter means look really good up here in Glasgow, by the way, Danny. Just in case we need to get the translators in. I, I had a I had a I had a vagrant. That's what it meant. Yeah. So I mean, you write that this really great hook for a chorus or this really cool intro but if your intro now goes beyond 16 bars of music it's useless in the, in the terms of social media because absolutely you've got to put everything in 10 seconds i mean I, I, in season one i think it's episode five i was chatting with emma noble and somebody oh, told, somebody somebody told emma that she had to have basically a hook within the first 30 seconds or people won't listen to it it won't be good enough for radio play and she's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but obviously I can understand that, but it's kind of worrying when she's like, I'm still writing intro here. <laughs> oh, I remember there was even an article in The Guardian a few years ago about the death of the intro. Um, looking at modern pop music, it just most songs now just go straight in. And to be honest, it kind of works for me a little bit. I'm quite a big fan of putting the chorus of a song right at the beginning. Because I also absolutely love... 1920s and 1930s Tin Pan Alley music, where you would get an intro, but it would be like a 32 bar or 16 bar intro, completely unrelated with the rest of the song that no one remembers. And then what's known as the 32 bar chorus, where you just have three of those repeating. It's, it's pretty similar to jazz in, in a sense, I would guess, or old school, very old school jazz. Just get, get your main hooks in and all that kind of stuff. Also, because in the writing process, and I don't know if you have this, I always find that if I start writing on a verse, it's really, really difficult to then bring the chorus up to a higher level because I feel I've put all the good stuff, all the initial energy that I've put into the process of that song has gone into the verse. So either I'll just end up making the verse the chorus or I will always just try and write the chorus first. It's very difficult to get that ascension, but there's a lot of other rules as well. You know, you need to get your chorus in 60 seconds before before 60 the 60 second mark of the track um what else well, i think that's the main thing you know if it's radio you want it to be three minutes or under but the kids these days from what i hear you know they hear a three minute song and they're saying oh, this is taking forever i wonder if we're going to see lots of like mainstream one minute songs becoming a thing and that will then filter down to to what we do yeah, because it seems now that in terms of musicians at a certain level, albums aren't a thing. Nobody goes out and spends all their money and all their time making an album mm. and then putting singles out. It seems to be now that as a lot of artists will spend a couple of years, maybe say putting out four or five singles per year and then doing an album. So it's, um, like you say, the goalposts are always constantly shifting. They are always changing. Ironically, because I feel that I've been reading in the last year or so that the album is making a comeback. And I don't mean the vinyl. Everyone loves to say vinyl's making a comeback. I've been hearing this for 10, 20 years now. Um, but the album is apparently making a comeback. EPs are dead. Like, what's the point in doing an EP? An EP was if you are printing to a vinyl, but you don't want to print on a full-size full one, you print it on the 7-incher, but you managed to get four tracks in it somehow. I don't know. Albums maybe are making a comeback. Some people still do release them. Um, 
And I think there is there is validity and art in it, but you need to maybe be an established name at some point. You need to have the fan base. You don't need to be established name. You need to have the fan base in order to make the album make sense. Because otherwise, as the old saying goes, you sell more pizzas by the slice. <laughs> oh, I, I like that one more than the 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 kind of medieval smashing of the babies one. That's that's, that's definitely a, a, a bit more palatable. Quite literally. Definitely more palatable. Yeah. So, Danny, earlier on, you mentioned that you have a new single coming out when the lights go down. And if my research is correct, which um, sometimes it's a bit shaky, it's out on the 19th of August. Is that correct? Not only is it out on the 19th of August on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and all those others, other streaming services, which would probably get rid of all music if they could make more money on podcasts, um, but also on the 23rd, of September, it is coming out as a vinyl. So you'll be able to order it from the 19th. I don't know what day this uh, the show comes out. So this could all be, whoever's listening, this could be way in the future. But if you're listening to this many years in the future, let it be known that When the Lights Go Down came out on August the 19th, 2022. And then it came out on vinyl on September the 23rd, 2022. And it's a limited edition vinyl coming out on LRK Records. And so it'll be available via lrkrecords.bandcamp.com to pre-order and order. And I believe our distributor is actually getting it into a number of shops. Uh, the, only, the orders have only just started so far, but I've already heard we're getting a lot of orders from Germany for copies of the vinyl. So if you're uh, in Deutschland right now, make sure to uh, head to uh, HHV Records in Berlin, for instance. Pick up your copy from September. Great. Well, I'll be definitely ordering a copy. So, well, um, I was it's it, Spotify and all these things are always handy, you know. But absolutely, if we want to continue to have music and new music coming through, we need to support artists by buying records, by going to gigs, you know, buying merch. Now, absolutely, it, it's it's such an expensive expensive outlay, and to try it, just to just to put on a gig these days, you know what I mean? Never mind the cost to try to get vinyl out there. So um, I will definitely be showing my support. And pack well, my thank you very in. much, Graham. I appreciate that very much. And the thing is, it's expensive for us, the artists, but I think for the general public, for the amount that we spend on streaming services and different subscription services and everything, even despite the cost of living crisis, you know, gig tickets, unless you're going to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, gig tickets aren't that expensive. And you know, vinyl is not going to take up your your weekly budget or anything to buy to buy a new record or something. It can be done. So with with new music on on the, the horizon and uh, obviously the vinyl release, what are we looking at in terms of gigs, Danny? Well, I have a few gigs coming up all over the shop, shall we say? I'm playing at uh, Boot Nannies in Brixton. I know there's one up in Scotland as well, but we're doing the, the Brixton one uh, on September the 16th with my band. And then I've got a few interesting gigs coming up in November. So I'm getting out of London because it's always fun to go out of London and play. I am playing at, I need to look up the name. This is terrible. Please edit this out. Don't edit it out. But, but <laughs> seriously, do edit this out, me looking for the name of the place. Uh, so I'm playing in Brighton on the 6th of November at one moment slowly okay so i'm playing at the grand central in brighton on november the 6th and then i'm actually heading off to berlin 
on December the 20th to play at Artliners. So any German listeners, you can come and see me. It's going to be wonderful to be back in Deutschland, Deutschland. Um, that should be fun. I'm sure the thing is for me, loads of gigs seem to come up as they go, you know, as, as things come up. I don't have any big sort of headline one-off shows coming up. Um, but uh, the, if, you know, the best thing to do would be to follow me on social media. So on Instagram, at Danny Toman, and on Facebook, Danny Toman. Um, finding my song kick profile, you know, once again, my name is Danny Toman, and it's a very easy name to remember. Or you could go to my website, dannytoman.com, and join my mailing list where I'm, you'll get the exclusive news for upcoming gigs and releases. And the best way to remember that name is it's Danny, like Danny from Greece, or Danny DeVito, it's a cool guy name. And Toe Man, Toe Like Foot, Man Like Woman. Danny Toe Man, that's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unfor- un- absolutely unforgettable. Unforgettable? Jesus Christ. I better put my teeth in. I'll edit that one <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, Danny, I'd like to say thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me on Searching for Soul. And I'd just like to wish you the absolute best of luck with all your um, your vinyl releases, upcoming gigs, and I really hope that at some period we can get you up to Scotland so I can see the in the flesh the, the funky Absolutely. in I've, North London. I have heard that Scottish audiences are some of the best audiences in the world, and I would love to love to come up. Like They love their music, and they're the kind of people who show up. I mentioned earlier that it's fun to play outside of London, because in London, you know, you've got about 50 different gigs going on every night, if not way more. And audiences uh, have that, well, go on then, impress me attitude. But uh, I feel there's a lot of appreciation for, for newer stuff and uh, more left field angles all around the country and, and in Europe as well. Well, there you go, guys. So you heard it, you heard it here. If you're in a satellite or a, small, <laughs> a smaller town in London and Danny's about, get yourself out and shake your ass. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Graham. It was all being Danny, and I can't wait to, to catch you live, mate, and get here Worcestershire sauce being belted out at the top of your lungs again. Fantastic stuff. Um, we'll hear more music from Danny at the end of the show with his latest single, When the Lights Go Out. But next I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop on a track from a band that I first discovered last year from a friend of a friend in Ecuador, who, um, Charles, hello Charles, if you're, you're listening, Charles uh, forwarded the, the information on his band on a friend, Jim, Jim, hello if you're listening, and it's a band called the Javons, and I, I've i not really heard much else, I can't find much else out about them, um, I believe their album went out on Daptone Records a couple of years back, and they're a really great sounding band. If anybody knows if the Javons are still actually a, a proper functioning band, if they're still still with us, let me know. Um, I'd love to hear more of their music, love to find more of their music. Um, yeah, top band. So this is The Night by the Javons. <laughs> Okay. 
Javon's there. And so, just checking, are you still with me? If you if you are, give us a wee, give us a wee, a wee hello in the, the chat. That's at the chat face radio. And just remember if you're if you're enjoying li- listening to the shows, you can you can also help support and that's support.faceradio.com. And you can find you can find my show on Instagram, that is at the search at, <laughs> at searching for soul underscore podcast. And yeah, get in touch, say hello. Let me know what you think of the of the first show. There's, there's certainly there will be a lot to to, to improve on, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, that's all, all part of the journey, all part of the search. The next track that I've got for us is the Billy the Coach Shirley Finney. And I first heard this courtesy of Miss Emma Noble and Miss Sophie Corbin. They played it um, one of the DJ sets way back when I can't remember. And I remember when it came on, I had I just run up to the DJ booth and I was like, What is that? I need to tell me who is that by, and uh, they hope they held up the the album. It was a twelve inch <coughs> LP, and this is a great track. This is called "Go On." Tell me what you think. Telling me to hold on. Go on. Go on. 
I think you looked up Banger in the dictionary, that track would definitely fit the description. It is amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, great track. So, I'm going to deviate slightly from soul, funk, and something a sort of a bit groovy to a friend of mine. So, last year, if anybody in Glasgow or Aberdeen went to see Paul Weller, this man was the support. He also supported Ocean Colour Scene and the Barras as well. And the this October and November, he is set to support the Stone Foundation as well. This is my very good friend, Mr John Rush, and this track is called Sister. John will be playing live in Glasgow on December the 10th and the old hairdressers as well as supporting the Stone Foundation and Oren Moore and, and Dundee. Um, with that said, 
why don't we get a better stone foundation on as to simplify the situation.
see the Stone Foundation guys out live doing what they do, doing what they do best, definitely one of the best live acts on the scene um, and hopefully with some new music soon, I'd love to see another album off them because they've been quite prolific in the last three to four years, even even with Covid their output has been absolutely great and talking about new music, there's a new single from Calm Me Love at work with friends at the Big AC Records and it's called Together Again, and I've heard it live, myself and the Solid Bond were very, very lucky enough to support Nick and the gang and McCool's in Glasgow earlier on in the month, and we had an absolute ball of a time. It was a very sweaty, groovy, soulful affair, shall we say, um, and we got to hear some new music from Carmi, um, we got to hear a nice cover version. Uh, of a track from Emma, which I can't quite remember the name of it right now, but I'm pretty sure it's it's a, a vocal version of Soulful Strut. I will go and find that out, I'll, and I'll try and get my hands on it for the for the next time we 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 sit down and we we do a bit of searching. But we're gonna gonna change it up again, and I'm gonna go northern for a couple of tracks because well, why not? Who doesn't love a bit of northern soul? You don't know 
Searching for Soul on the Face Radio. Thank you everybody so very much for, for being part of it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at, at searching for soul underscore podcast. And yeah, remember if you like to support the Face Radio, support on the website. But to plays out is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Danny Tolman. I'll catch up reason the 25th October. Take care.
show her that I care. Yeah, Be true to my emotions and show her my devotion. Set the wheels of motion. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.